the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Josh Pick is the Chief Investment Advisor with Aptus Wealth Management, a state-registered investment advisory firm. This program is sponsored by Aptus Wealth Management. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals to see if any ideas expressed would fit their specific situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Securities can fluctuate and when redeemed may be more or less than when originally invested. Welcome to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick. Every week, Josh will teach you ways to help manage, risk, and protect your retirement income in the new economy. The primary focus at Aptus Wealth is to provide flexible planning strategies that can efficiently achieve your long-term retirement goals. Welcome to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick. You can join Josh as he talks retirement with Bruce Hooley every Monday at 6, 6 p.m. that is, on 98.9 The Answer. The recording you can always find at aptuswealth.com. And to schedule an appointment to go through the Aptus Blueprint process with Josh, Josh's number is 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. This week, we are featuring some of the most memorable segments from the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. We've had a lot of fun over the months, and what better way to kick off the show than by going all the way back to where it all started. Our first segment, when you got to know Josh for the very first time on the radio. Diane, how are you? It's great to be here. I am great. Great to have you here. I'm going to tell the public a little bit about you. Josh is an investment advisor, founded the Aptus Group of Companies in 2003, now consisting of an entity consulting to financial planners and one that focuses specifically on individual wealth management. Josh is too humble to tell you this, but he is a well-known speaker and member of the Million Dollar Roundtable's highest honor, Top of the Table. He frequently hosts public educational workshops in the community on a variety of financial and retirement topics. Josh is also frequently requested to speak nationally to groups of financial professionals and various universities in the areas of retirement planning, social security, and tax-efficient income distribution. Josh, tell us how you got into the financial field. Well, you know, like most people, I guess, you know, I I went to college. Uh, That's how I got into the financial field. uh, But I don't think that tells the the whole story. Um, My father passed away when I was young, when I was 13 years old. He got you know, cancer, one of those freak kind of things, and ended up uh, passing away. And as a result of that, um, you know, you learn really quickly, even at a young age, from the outside looking in, you can kind of see what happens when that occurs. And what I saw was um, a bunch of people show up that, you know, maybe had my mother's best interests at heart, or maybe had their own best interests at heart. And they were trying to, quote, help, but uh, a lot of mistakes were made in that process. And I, I see the outcome of that. Now my mom being in her in her late sixties and uh, seeing the impact of of poor planning over a really long period of time and and not that we struggled by any means I grew up very middle class but um, you know it wasn't always easy uh, so I didn't know at the time when that occurred 
that I would end up where I am today. But when I was in college and a lot like a lot of people, I didn't know exactly what I was going to do. Um, you know, come my sophomore year, I had to make a decision as to what I wanted to pursue. And you start doing a little bit of soul searching. And I realized that, you know, uh, I like math, number one. Uh, but two, I like helping people. Uh, teaching has always been one of my favorite activities. I've, I've taught a lot of different things in my life. Um, so I wanted to teach and I wanted to help people. When I got out of college, I kind of drifted away from that a little bit. Uh, you know, I wanted to work in corporate America and have the fancy suit. So what I ended up doing was doing kind of the business to business end of financial planning, which what that means, if you don't know, um, there's two sides of the financial services industry. There's the client facing side, the, fa the, the side that is meeting with clients every day and helping them achieve their goals, et cetera. But then there's also this support side of the business. Uh, so you can work for financial institutions like a uh, a nationwide insurance or a fidelity or one of these different companies and you're essentially helping the financial advisor create the financial plan or you're helping the financial advisor stay in tune with the best products i did that for quite some time and actually started a company in 2003 um, uh, under the aptus moniker and that company's still very much in business uh, multi-million dollar company we're doing financial plans for about 600 financial planners all around the country uh, but I realized as I was doing that, that I was losing that personal connection with the, uh, with the client. And I, I think, you know, in life, you're always trying to figure out uh, how do I, I make a living, but at the same time have some sort of purpose. And uh, that purpose was gone. I missed that connection. So um, I went back that direction and uh, ended up going to the, the financial advising side. And of course, as is always the case, you know, I'd been doing financial planning since uh, before 2000. But then I decided I wanted to go back to the, the client side of things in 2008, right at the beginning of 2008. So uh, get into the financial business, uh, planning business and, and right before the, the dot-com bubble drops since 2000. And then I get away from the consulting side of it to go into the financial advising side of it in 2008. And here we go again with the financial crisis. Um, so it's been a, it, it, it's been a great, uh, I, I view that as a great thing. Um, I learned, you know, that it's not always rosy and proper planning is is very important and, and don't get too ahead of yourself we'll get into that more i'm sure when we talk but uh that's how i got into it and i've i've really known nothing else i've done financial advising and financial planning in some capacity my whole life you say it is incredibly satisfying helping clients plan their financial future and in a way you're actually protecting them if you think about for most people they work their whole life um and it's not always easy to 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 get through the process of your financial world, meaning that you run into speed bumps, you know, you have maybe get laid off for a job or um, something occurs along the way, you lose a loved one or, or all these different kind of events that occur, you got to send a kid to college. Um, and to be able to kind of ease some of that burden. And I truly believe that knowledge is power. And simply just understanding the roadmap, understanding what you need to do uh, is incredibly empowering. Nine times out of ten, when I when I speak with people and they come to the office and I say, "What what scares you, uh, or what are you here for? What is your concerns?" It's almost always the fear of the unknown, and a lot of the information is known. Uh, we don't know what order it's going to occur, but we can take steps to prepare ourselves for it. So, being able to just essentially let people know what their options are, let them know how to protect themselves in the future is, is incredibly rewarding. And I see it when they, when they retire, we have kind of retirement parties when people come in and, you know, we give them a bottle of wine or, or something like that. And you see them, you know, it all paid off and now they get to do what they wanted to do their whole career. So, um, yeah, I would say it's incredibly rewarding.
Tell us more about Aptus Wealth Management. Uh, well, we're a fiduciary, and I think that's really important. Um, I think, you know, if I was going to give anybody advice of who they wanted to work with, whether it was me or anybody else, I would say step one, go with a fiduciary. And uh, I know that gets a lot of, you know, kind of publicity as, as of late here. What is a fiduciary? But essentially, there are two ways you can be governed in this business. Way number one is uh, I'm a broker, and I don't begrudge anybody who's a, a broker, stockbroker, um, you know, sales professional, whatever you want to call them, but they get paid commissions. And there's a lot of people doing a lot of great work out there that get paid commissions. I'm not saying anything faulty of that, but the, the confines in which they operate can be faulty. Uh, what I mean by that is they're only governed by what is suitable for you. So sounds fair enough, right? you got to do what's suitable for me. But if, if I lived in Florida and I needed new tires on my car, uh, the, the place that I bought my tires could sell me snow tires. And as long as they fit my car, they're suitable for my car, right? But that does not mean that they're in my best interest. And a fiduciary has to do what is in your best interest. Meaning in that example of the car, I would have to research what are the best tires? What are you doing with your car? Uh, what's the best price for those tires? Price shop, compare, et cetera. So Aptus Wealth Management is very much a fiduciary. Uh, our goal is first and paramount. What is your scenario and what fits you? And that is always at the top of the top of the table. So let's say I come into your office. Can you explain the process and what you go through? Yeah, it's a four-step process. You can view this on our website, aptuswealth.com. Step one is, is literally us just getting to know one another. What are you hoping to accomplish by doing this planning? Uh, my first question is always going to be, what would you consider to be a win at the end of this journey? Uh, let's find out what you have. Let's inventory the resources that you have to accomplish what you want to do. But first and foremost, what do you want to do? Uh, and that is different for everybody. Sure, there's some commonalities, but it's different for everybody. Uh, meeting number two is then uh, let's lay out the blueprint, meaning that let's figure out, uh, and this kind of boils over between meeting two and meeting three, let's show you where you are in meeting two, show you where some gaps are, show you what's getting in the way, and maybe get into the blueprint. But by meeting three, we're certainly going to get into the blueprint. And meeting three is, how do we solve your problems? Here is the roadmap, the blueprint of how to get it done, starting with how do you make sure that you don't take steps back and how do we take steps forward? And then we don't even talk about um, you know, products or whether or not we're going to work together until meeting four. Uh, there may be a little bit of these are, the scenario, the, these are the types of strategies you may want to employ in meeting three, but meeting four is really the rubber meets the road. What do I need to do to achieve the objectives that we've laid out and what is now that we know the roadmap on how to get there, no, no plan works unless you, you actually do it, right? So you can have a blueprint, but unless you start swinging a hammer and building a house, you don't have a house. So meeting four is very much let's go from there. But it's a, it's a very slow process. Um, it's very important that you treat it as a, as a process or you miss things. Uh, so we're very adamant about sticking to that process. And I'm sure there's things that people don't realize they should be planning for. Long-term oh, care. Not. Yeah, long-term care, uh, life insurance to protect a loved one. You know, I mean, and, and life insurance isn't something that any of us want. Uh, it's not anything that any of us want to really use because in order for, you know, somebody to collect on it, it means you're no longer here. But, you know, did you take that single life payout on your pension? And what happens if you pass away, your wife now or your, your husband has lost that pension income stream? Identifying some things or some, some landmines along the way that you might not have considered when you first uh, came in. So that process of identifying every single possible scenario is critical.
we can't remember any everything. We got to kind of go through the process to make sure we, we check all the boxes. Do you find most of your clients are into uh, wealth growth or asset preservation? Well, you know, for the majority of my clients, uh, last I checked, over 90% of them are over the age of 55. So we're certainly in that transitionary period uh, where we're getting more into I've already gone through the growth phase of my life. It does not mean that I don't want to continue to grow my pot of money, and I certainly don't want to put it under the mattress, but uh, I want to make sure that I've taken the necessary steps to protect my retirement from things like what happened in 2008, 2009, 2001, 2002, et cetera, et cetera. We can just keep going back through time and seeing these these periods in time where it dropped. And we're seeing, you know, I mean, right now, I'm sure we'll talk about, I wouldn't say that we're, we're against growth or that the conversation doesn't point toward growth, but it's certainly a risk-adjusted growth is the most common conversation. I love that Aptis Wealth Management supports the Travis Mills Foundation. You know, that was an interesting one for me. I've always been a, um, a staunch supporter of the military in general. Um, some of my friends, um, some of the people that I would consider to be, uh, you know, my greatest inspirations and heroes are in the military. And through a great friend of mine in, in Maine, um, I was introduced to uh, Travis uh, through seeing him speak, actually, at a convention. And uh, if you haven't got an opportunity to speak, to, to listen to Travis speak, I mean, the guy's unbelievable. Uh, talk about turning lemons into lemonade. Uh, if you don't know his story, I highly recommend you look it up. He's taken a, a life that I'm not sure any of us could have worked through. Uh, he's one of just a few quadruple amputees. Uh, in the United States that lived uh, through a war. And he's taken that to raise millions and millions of dollars to help recalibrated veterans. Um, and he does that through a lot of humor, positivity, and just drive. Um, so any any way I can be a part of that. Um, and a lot of my friends have become very active in that foundation. I'll, I'll gladly do. But uh, in my opinion, the guy is an absolute hero along with many, many others. If you're concerned about the market, want to learn new strategies to manage retirement risks, call our office to learn more about the Aptis Retirement Blueprint today. The number is 614-364-7300. No cost or obligation, but space does fill fast. Give us a call at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. More from the best of the Aptis Retirement Blueprint radio show with Josh Pick after this. When we come back, we're going to talk about managing risk and preparing for unplanned expenses like health care in retirement. Don't forget, you can hear Josh with Bruce Hooley for Money Mondays every Monday evening at 6 on 98.9 The Answer. We'll be back with more of the Aptis Retirement Blueprint show in a moment. To create a successful retirement plan in today's economy, it takes a customized, solutions-based approach. At Aptis Wealth Management, founder Josh Pick calls it the Aptis Blueprint, and it's focused on managing risk instead of chasing returns. If you're working with another advisor or simply want a second opinion, put his team to work for you. To schedule a complimentary consultation to learn more about the Aptis Blueprint process, contact Josh at 614-364-7300 or visit aptiswealth.com. There is no cost or obligation, but space is limited. To start your plan, call 614-364-7300. 7300 or visit aptiswealth.com. Thanks for listening to the Aptis Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. To schedule your complimentary customized planning session, give Josh a call at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. This is the Aptis Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. This week, we're featuring some of the most memorable segments from all this year. 
Here's another listener favorite from the Aptus Audio Archives. While we are in a health crisis, it, it is timely to bring this up and ask you, Josh, what are some ways we can protect ourselves in retirement from medical and health care costs? You know, I think earlier I said that the, the number one thing that I hear when I speak in, in uh, larger groups is how do I alleviate taxes and tell me about annuities. But I would say one of the biggest fears that I hear when we're doing financial planning is the cost of health care and what are ways that you know, we can plan for that. And there certainly are ways that you can plan for it, um, but I feel like most people entering retirement just view it as this big, ugly animal. They have no idea what it looks like, and they don't know how much it's going to cost. Um, so step one, I would say, investigate if you're going to retire before Medicare age. Um, investigate your company plan. Um, what options does your company offer you uh, to, to take with you, uh, particularly if you already have medical issues um, rather than going out into the open market, uh, continuing your company plan may be a very good strategy. But then beyond that, uh, let's say you're now uh, 65 years old and, and uh, you know, you're at that Medicare age. There are certainly experts in the Medicare planning arena that I highly recommend you look to. And we had talked earlier, Diane, about um, you know, it's important that we have a team of individuals, meaning a team of taxes, tax accountants, um, a, a, a team of attorneys. Also very important is a is somebody that you can rely on for health-related questions, and we certainly have that. So that's something that I think you should look into. But let's step back even before we get to age 65. Um, a lot of employers and just standalone long-term care policies, you want to start looking at this stuff when you're in your 50s or 60s to address longer-term health care costs. Because usually when it comes to health care and long-term care, people start looking at what are my options once we already have a condition, which is why we started looking at the thing to begin with, is we realize it's a problem. You need to address these issues before they become a problem. So look into your long-term care plans earlier rather than later. And I usually tell people to start looking at that, um, you know, by 60, start investigating the plan. Um, other things that can help you address uh, we haven't talked about yet, at least specifically, uh, what plan you should pick from a health insurance perspective, but how can I protect myself against the rising costs of health care comes back to your income. And what I mean by that is if you do not have a solid income, these things can be terrifying because we don't know what they're going to cost and we don't even know if our income is steady. So developing a plan that will address your future needs uh, from an inflation-adjusted perspective and income are important. So that might be uh, setting up a baseline income using a inflation-adjusted annuity, or it could be uh, maybe you have a pension. But things that we need to take a look at is how are we going to add some solidarity to our income to address these future health insurance uh, questions. And another thing, you know, if we do have any health-related costs uh, in the future, um, they're going to add more strain to our income, which is why we were going to add that baseline income. But one I see very often is uh, people carrying a home that simply is too expensive for them to carry. Um, you know, you've heard the term uh, house poor. Well, that happens very often in retirement where people do not want to leave their existing home and their home is a drain. So consider downsizing so that future, so you have some freed up cash for future uh, issues, because you don't want to be dealing with downsizing your home when you have medical-related issues on top of that. 
then it becomes overwhelming. So consider before you encounter potential health-related issues of perhaps downsizing your home and freeing up the cash flow from that, maybe even taking some cash away from the, from the sales table. Let's talk about uh, life insurance policies. I've heard a lot about this. Sure. Well, life insurance is, is one of those things that almost everybody has. And there's different types of life insurance. Obviously, there's term insurance and there's whole life insurance. And term insurance and whole life insurance both provide protection for your families. That's why we all have them. Usually, we have at least some through our employer at work, um, but then many times we'll have them outside of, of work. And they serve their purpose. Um, but in the long run, uh, I, I've actually witnessed several people that are holding life insurance policies, paying premiums on them. They no longer need them. They're not protecting anybody upon their demise, but they continue to pay these premiums. And, and usually my question is why? Uh, well, because I've had it and I don't want to get rid of it. A lot of times there's cash value inside of those life insurance policies that you can actually either do one, uh, have pay for your premiums. So you can effectively quit paying premiums and have a paid up policy to some degree, meaning that you're not getting rid of the life insurance. It'll forever have a death benefit attached to it, but you no longer have to continue to pay premiums and accrue cash value inside of the policy. Or two, use the cash value inside of that permanent policy to use as an income stream. It's a very tax advantaged way to take income in many cases. So um, if you haven't reviewed your life insurance policy, I strongly urge you to do so. Uh, and life insurance can be a very complicated topic. Um, I've found that even many financial professionals don't understand life insurance very clearly. There's a lot of uh, IRS guidelines that go along with them, a lot of ways to fund life insurance policies as, law, as well as just a myriad of different uh, versions of life insurance policies. But you should certainly take a look at it. It could be an asset rather than a liability in your column while you're alive. To learn strategies to manage risk and to schedule your own personalized planning session, give Josh's office a call. The number is 614-364-7300, 614-364-7300. And you can also hear Josh every Monday afternoon at 6 p.m. with Bruce Hooley on 98.9 The Answer for Money Mondays. And if you miss Josh's visit with Bruce, you can always listen to the podcast at aptuswealth.com. It sounds like managing risk may be the most important thing to think about when building a retirement plan. Can you tell us some other ways that we can manage risk and preserve income during the distribution phase of our life? Sure. You know, I think you, you said something there, maybe even unconsciously, and that is there are two different phases of our life, and they're drastically different. Uh, first phase of our life, at least financially, is the accumulation phase. And during the accumulation phase, if you recall earlier, I said, which trajectory would you want? Well, it really doesn't matter. Um, the goal when you're accumulating dollars and not withdrawing any money from your portfolio, it's simply the highest rate of return average over a long period of time. That's what I want. I just want to have as big a pot of money at the, end of the, at the end of the tunnel as I can possibly have. But then when we hit the second phase, and that's a distribution phase, that's when it gets into that, now we really need to manage risk. We really need to manage how we take our money from a distribution perspective, and consistency of returns becomes far paramount to just total long-term rate of return. Um, so there's a lot of ways that you can do that. Uh, I talked about uh, a couple before, and that's you know through the addition of annuities, um, and, and I kind of brushed over that they have all these other added benefits. And one of those uh, benefits that I brushed over but I do think is worth talking about is um, income uh, and income streams through something they call living benefit riders. Uh, and this is another one of those scenarios where not all annuities are created equal. 
there are very few income riders on the market that provide inflation adjustments to them. So what that means is, say you buy this annuity contract and it pays you a thousand bucks a month today. Well, if you're, there's a 3% uh, inflation for the rest of your life, let's say you just need 3% more every single year because the cost of milk and everything else that, that goes up with time, you know, not much after 20 years from now, you're going to need twice as much money as you do today to buy the same goods. So that $1,000 a month is no longer that valuable. Now, fortunately, over time, Social Security has gone up with inflation. But you need to find an annuity that if you want an income rider and you like the idea of an income rider to provide that guaranteed income and it meets your scenario, certainly try and get your hands on one that provides some sort of inflation adjustment. That can take a tremendous amount of strain off of your other investments because if you just go get this fixed income or this, you have a pension that doesn't have an inflation adjustment on it, then everything else you have, your, your retirement portfolio, your stocks, your bonds, all that stuff has got to make up the gap and maybe it can't handle that strain. So make sure that you have a, a portfolio of income that can handle the strain of inflation. Uh, two, and this is a problem that I see all the time, is I have this retirement income portfolio or this retirement uh, uh, portfolio of stocks and bonds, and uh, I, I was told that I, I should take 4% off of that for the rest of my life. And while that's a good strategy, um, if you just take 4% off of the whole pot, you're kind of potentially... Uh, selling at the wrong times, and you're not accommodating for inflation. So you need to come up with a strategy that ladders that risk. And I'll give you kind of a very easy conceptual way to, to look at this. Your checking account has no risk, and it's not going to bounce at all. It's obviously the safest part of your portfolio, and then your bonds or your, uh, I would say, then your fixed annuities would be next in line, then your bonds, then you have your stocks, and then the crazy stuff like oil and gas partnerships and stuff that I'm not a huge fan of. But that's kind of the ladder of your risk, right? The stocks being the riskiest and your checking account being the safest. You need to build a way that you can leave your stocks alone as much as possible. So that volatility and all of that, that, uh, that bounciness and all the things that scare us so much about the stock market are taking into, a, they, they don't matter. Remember I gave you those two choices and I said, what would you rather have, eight or six? Well, in that bucket, we're going to try and get six, or we're going to try and get eight. We don't care about the bounciness because we're not touching that pot for 10 to 20 years. And we know that time equals safety in the market because little bumps like, or big bumps like just happened recently, they're going to happen over time. So let's leave that pot alone. Let's draw our income from the, the fixed annuities. Let's draw our income from the bond portfolio where there's less risk and leave those stocks alone. So we start to compartmentalize risk. Uh, back in the day when I first started in the business, people used to buy, used to do laddered bond portfolios because interest rates were high. They used to do what we call a split annuity where you'd buy an immediate annuity and then a deferred annuity and kind of they would offset one another and you'd revisit the process 10 years from now. That concept is very valid, but we have gotten away from it because we all like to be smart and we all like to use all these ratios and algorithms and say that we can time it perfectly and we're going to invest in the market because that's how people get rich. And the reality is, um, while that's important in knowing all of those things, a predictable income in retirement is even more important. So um, I think a couple of things. One, uh, laddering income uh, and laddering risk through that kind of compartmentalization bucket type strategy. Two, adding a base floor of income through an annuity that has an inflation adjustment on it. And then I'll just add one more. And that is uh, obviously minimizing taxes and taking your Social Security 
the right way is obviously clearly important. The more you get out of Social Security, the less you need to receive from your other uh, assets that you have available. And the less that you're taxed, the less that you need to draw. So those two things are critical as well. More from the best of the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick after this. When we come back, we're going to hear from Josh about how the SECURE Act impacts you. Don't forget, you can hear Josh with Bruce Hooley for Money Mondays, every Monday evening at 6 on 98.9 The Answer. We'll be back with more of the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show in a moment. Thanks for listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. To schedule your complimentary customized planning session, give Josh a call at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. This week we're featuring some of the most memorable segments from all this year. Here's another listener favorite from the Aptus Audio Archives. Josh, let's talk about the SECURE Act. I've seen some good news. I've seen some bad news. What are your thoughts about this? And what is it for those that aren't familiar? I think you're right. I think there's some good news and some bad news, but that seems to be the case with all tax things uh, related. They always, the government always likes to tell you this is the stuff that we gave you that's great, and then let's kind of trail off and tell you the, the bad half of it. But the SECURE Act on the surface was was uh, the goal of the new law, at least as it was stated, was uh, to help boost retirement savings, which is certainly a good thing, right? I mean, Americans are, are definitely behind in their retirement savings. I've seen t- uh, statistics that say that you know, well more than half of Americans uh, believe they're going to have to work past 65 if they can retire at all. Uh, very few Americans have saved uh, enough to retire, is at least what the stats say. So the SECURE Act of the good news, you have to take minimum required distributions out of your qualified accounts. And qualified accounts is kind of all the alphabet soup. Uh, 401k, 403b, IRAs, all that stuff. You have to eventually take minimum required distributions for those. Certainly a first world problem, right? You have to take money that you don't necessarily want to take. But it used to be that when you turned the magic age of 70 and a half, you had to take a certain percentage of your uh, retirement accounts out. They have now changed that to 72. So that's the good news. The good news is you have longer to plan for these upcoming future uh, required minimum distributions. And I say plan for them because they can actually be a problem. Uh, The fact that you have to take that income can boost your tax bracket, can make other sources of income taxable like Social Security that maybe weren't before. So it is a problem, or it can be a problem. Uh, That's the good news, though. We have more time now to plan for that. The bad news is um, once you leave these qualified accounts, the 401Ks, the IRAs, the 403Bs, et cetera, you leave them to somebody other than your, your wife or your husband, your spouse, and it goes to your kids or whomever you're leaving the money to, uh, they used to be able to stretch those distributions out over their entire life. So let's let's think about this. Uh, let's say we have a 40-year-old, and uh, they inherit you know $500,000. They could take a very small chunk of that out each and every year for the rest of their life, leaving a legacy from their parents and also adding just some general income to their account but not boosting their income bracket crazily. Now you have to take that money out over 10 years. So let's take that same example, you know, $500,000. They now have to take approximately $50,000 a year out over 10 years. Now that can cause some problems in and of itself. If the person you're leaving the money to is already in a high tax bracket, they're definitely going to pay a really high tax rate on that, or maybe it boosts them into another tax bracket and they're taking money they don't want and paying a higher tax rate on it. Or two, 
maybe and I don't, maybe you can relate, maybe you can't, but maybe you have that one child that isn't so good with money and you would love to provide them with that legacy over the rest of their life to help them uh, and, and give them maybe 15 grand a year, 1500 bucks a month, something like that. Now that child has to take the money out in big chunks every single year for 10 years. And, um, you know, we all have that one sibling maybe that isn't that great with money and that money's going to be gone. So your uh, estate that you built up your entire life, this pot of money that you saved your entire life uh, is gone in 10 years. Um, so that's the downside. And it's something that we need to plan for. The good news is we have almost more time because of the age 72 to plan for it. But the bad news is now you definitely have to plan for it because you can't just deal with the decision once it happens. To learn strategies to manage risk and to schedule your own personalized planning session, give Josh's office a call. The number is 614-364-7300, 614-364-7300. And you can also hear Josh every Monday afternoon at 6 p.m. with Bruce Hooley on 98.9 The Answer for Money Mondays. And if you miss Josh's visit with Bruce, you can always listen to the podcast at aptuswealth.com. Josh, so let's say you do have that child that isn't that great with money. Is this a good time now to have the parent or your client introduce their child to financial planning? Well, it's never too early to start with financial planning. There's a lot of things that people should do early in their in their career. Um, and step one is always just get in the habit of saving. So absolutely, it, it makes a lot of sense to talk with your kids. I know we don't want to share too much about our financial situation necessarily with our kids, but it's, it's pretty critical. And it's critical to pass on to them good, good saving habits. Um, I meet with, I wouldn't say a lot, but quite a few uh, kids of my uh, clients. Uh, and, and just to literally cover that, you know, what is a good strategy? Um, how much should I be saving? Uh, and just the benefit of saving. I do a lot of speaking to uh, graduating seniors at colleges just to try and instill in them the value of saving money. Um, because it's all on us now. You know, it wasn't too long ago that every day everybody had pensions when they retired. I think the stat I saw most recently was in 1991, almost 90% of people working had pensions. So they didn't have to necessarily save. It was done for them. But now, fast forward, uh, the last stat I saw was about 25 years later. So about, I think it was 2000 and, um, 2017, 2016. I might be a little bit off on these details here. But uh, the, the number was down to less than 10% of people had pensions. So instilling in the young people that it's, it's critical that you, you take ownership of your own retirement, you, you do what you're supposed to do, and you constantly start saving is, is very, very important. So with the SECURE Act, are there you guide your clients to put plans in a place so that it will not affect their children as much, or you minimize, help them minimize by talking to experts, tax accountants, and so forth about how to minimize that hit? Sure, sure. Well, I, I think I'll address that in two ways. One, it's incredibly important to have a good team. Uh, and I think you kind of brought that up. You said tax professionals, et cetera. So we work very closely, and you can see uh, who some of the people are on our, on our website. But I work very closely with an attorney in town uh, that's part of a very large uh, law firm. So no stone is left unturned. Uh, no matter what the need is, they have a specialist in that area. And that's critical, too, just a general practicing attorney doesn't really have a level of specialization in everything that you might need when it comes to estate planning. Because there's a, a, a definite difference in wanting to do Medicaid planning for long-term care versus just wanting a basic will or trust. And then having the right tax professional to work with. You know, the one that we work with was a, a CFP or a certified financial planner for 30 years. So 
to say that he knows about investments would be a drastic understatement. I mean, he's, he's uh, very, very qualified on investments, but also very, very qualified in taxes. So we speak the same language and we can come up with great strategies. But beyond that, what are some things that they could do? Uh, well, Roth IRA conversions uh, come to mind immediately. And what a Roth IRA conversion is, is essentially taking a qualified account, which would have these required minimum distributions, like an IRA, and putting it into a Roth IRA. Now, there's some implications there. There's some problems. And the problem would be uh, I have to pay taxes on whatever I move into the Roth IRA. That's the problem. The benefit is every dollar I put into the Roth IRA, I will never have to pay taxes on again. There's some caveats there, of course, but I'll never have to pay taxes on again, and required minimum distributions are never an issue. So I never have to take them out of there. I won't pay taxes on any gains in those accounts. Neither will my kids, et cetera, et cetera. So trying to figure out a strategy to get as much money into those qualified accounts as possible or into those Roth IRAs is critical. The, the, the secret to the sauce, I guess, is how much and when. And that's where the planning comes into play. Because I see a lot of misinformation out in the marketplace. And that's probably the biggest challenge in my world is just misinformation. Uh, on when and how much we should do. And there's calculators that are very generic. So the, the key is, how do we do that? Another strategy, just kind of throwing out a couple that people might be able to think about, is do I start to transition some of my qualified dollars to an asset that is not taxable like life insurance to leave a legacy to my kids? Um, I know, again, I think we mentioned this earlier in the show, but I know that nobody likes to talk about life insurance but it is good for some things. It's good for protection and it's good for wealth transfer. So, uh, and also there are some products out there that can kind of knock out two birds with one stone and even protect against some long-term care issues. So that's another uh, idea that you can start to process through. All of these strategies are one that we address with every single client that we have. Uh, and we make sure that we have, again, all the boxes checked. You gotta have the blueprint. The SECURE Act, so it stands for Setting Every Community Up for Retirement Enhancement. We know how that can affect uh, your children when you're trying to leave the money. But are small businesses getting huger tax breaks if they, do, if they do matching plans for their employees? You know, I wouldn't say they're huge tax breaks for sure. But uh, one thing that, uh, you know, whether you hate to get political, but whether you hate them or love them or hate them, uh, Donald Trump has done a, a pretty good job of giving tax breaks in general to small businesses. Um, and this is part of that. So there have been some, uh, and even the state of Ohio has done some pretty good things over the last few years to incentivize small businesses to provide more benefits to their employees. And again, I haven't seen the statistics yet as to whether or not that's actually going to, or, or has been making an impact, but the benefits are certainly there, I, I guess is the best way to explain it. And for those that want to leave money to their children, uh, it's just a matter of structuring your retirement and using talking to a great financial advisor such as yourself, Josh, and just restructuring so that your beneficiaries aren't getting dinged in the future. Yeah, it all comes down to planning. Again, you know, it's uh, no two plans are the same. Uh, it's called a blueprint for a purpose. Uh, we don't, we're not a tract home builder. We're, we're building custom homes with that blueprint and the custom home is our financial planning clients. Uh, I speak with tons of people every day that say, you know, I uh, help my kids go through college. Uh, they came out of college with no debt. I hope that my last check I write is to the undertaker and it bounces. I want to spend every last nickel I have. And that's fine. That's their plan. I have other people that say, I, you know, I have a very specific need. I have a special needs child. I have 
Um, I want to make sure that I leave X amount of money to my church. I want to make sure that I provide a legacy for my kids. Whatever their goals are, uh, all the way down to vacation homes, um, whatever their goals are, we just need to establish the right plan to satisfy all those goals. And as we go through those, it's a, it's a give and take. You know, uh, if you want those things to occur, uh, can we make them happen? If you're not on track to make them happen, what do you need to do to make them happen? Or maybe, and this is always the great conversation, is you're ahead of schedule and you have more money than you needed. Um, would you like to take less risk in your portfolio or would you like to do more cool things? Uh, which, you know, we only get one spin on this world, so you might as well do as much cool stuff as you possibly can, right? And the Aptus Retirement Blueprint process that you take clients through is a four-step process. First meeting is discovery, uh, all about getting to know each other. Josh, you learn about the client, their goals, all their ideas. Meeting number two is the analysis. The second meeting is about educating the listeners to where they sit financially and whether they're currently on track to reach their retirement goals. Uh, Meeting number three is the blueprint, where you show how to make sure the financial arrow hits the bullseye for your clients. And then meeting four is implementation. That's when you put the plan into place. And the number to call is 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. You can hear Josh every Monday afternoon at 6 p.m. with Bruce Hooley on 98.9 The Answer. It's Money Mondays. More from the best of the Aptus Retirement Blueprint radio show with Josh Pick after this. When we come back, leaving a legacy and some of the craziest things Josh has heard families fight over when estate planning. Don't forget, you can hear Josh with Bruce Hooley for Money Mondays every Monday evening at 6 on 98.9 The Answer. We'll be back with more of the Aptus Retirement Blueprint show in a moment. Create a successful retirement plan in today's economy. It takes a customized, solutions-based approach. At Aptus Wealth Management, founder Josh Pick calls it the Aptus Blueprint, and it's focused on managing risk instead of chasing returns. If you're working with another advisor or simply want a second opinion, put his team to work for you. To schedule a complimentary consultation to learn more about the Aptus Blueprint process, contact Josh at 614-364-7300 or visit aptuswealth.com. There is no cost or obligation, but space is limited. To start your plan, call 614-364-7300. Or visit aptuswealth.com. Thanks for listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. To schedule your complimentary customized planning session, give Josh a call at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. Welcome back to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick. I'm Diane Brennan. To schedule your own planning session with Josh, if you'd like to learn new strategies to manage risk, Josh's number is 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. This week, we're featuring some of the most memorable segments from all this year. Here's another listener favorite from the Aptus Audio Archives. Josh, let's talk about something most people don't like to talk about, estate planning. I know you mentioned this earlier in the show. How important is it to have an estate plan? Uh, It's critical. I mean, I'll I'll tell you one story that just tells you how critical it was. I had a client who was in his 60s, divorced, had one kid. Kid was in college, and he died of a heart attack in his sleep. I mean, tragic story. He was somebody I would consider to be a friend, and he did not have the proper planning, but Beyond that, the real issue was he didn't have any communication with anybody. Um, I was his financial advisor with about half of his uh, assets. The other half of his assets, he self-managed. It took us about a year uh, of weekly calls and trying to track down everything just to find out where the other half of his money was. 
Um, and it was simply because the estate plan was not in place. Uh, the blueprint was not in place. The asset list was not there. He was the only one that knew where this stuff was. Um, so communication is everything when it comes down to estate planning. You need to have a plan in place that, or at least have professionals in place that can, if you don't want to speak directly to your kids, you want to have somebody who can speak to them in the event that something does in fact happen to you. What does an estate plan include? Uh, well, essentially, you know, you get your will. Um, maybe you need a trust, maybe you do not. Um, and then all of the, you know, final planning docs, the durable power of attorneys, the medical power of attorneys, the living wills, the letter of intent, all of these things, while they sound very, you know, legalese and they sound intimidating, really what it is is just conveying your wishes. So what do you want to have happen? You need to have all the right legal documents in place so that there is no question. I think we all know a story about somebody who, um, you know, people are fighting and they're fighting over stuff or we're deciding what we should do in that terrible medical, uh, you know, decision-making process. If your wishes are all line itemed out and legal, then it's a much easier process for everybody involved. I would never want to leave my kids to have to decide uh, some of the terrible things that happen at end of life, right? So you need to get all that stuff in place. And it's not, it seems intimidating. It's not that big of a deal. Speaking of the fighting, because you hear that a lot. All, all of a sudden, time. kids are fighting. Is it true, and I heard this, that you can put a stipulation in your will that if anyone starts fighting, then nobody gets anything? Uh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, and a trust is even more ironclad. Yeah, um, I have that in my trust, as a matter of fact. You know, if anybody contests it, they're out. Um, let's, let's define what the differences are. And I guess first disclaimer, disclaimer, I'm not an attorney, you know, small print, et cetera, et cetera, but I've been involved in enough of this to kind of know the way that it goes down. First thing you're trying to accomplish with all of this is two things. One, in the event that something happens to me, uh, either medically or, uh, you know, the, the, the big one that I see too is, uh, you know, dementia, an incapacitation of your mental faculties. I see that a lot. I want to know how we want things to be handled in the event that that happens to me. But then secondly, I want to make sure that anything that I have in the way of money, stuff, et cetera, bypasses the probate process as much as possible. And if you don't know what the probate process is, essentially the courts have to decide how this stuff is all spit out. Now, that doesn't mean that they get to decide that all of a sudden your stuff is going to some random person. They're going to read your will and then they're going to pass your, your, your stuff out, your money out, et cetera. But there's a cost associated with that. There's a time frame associated with that. And a lot of times the time and the cost can really dig into uh, how much is actually passed on to the heirs and the, the stress and strain to the heirs, meaning, you know, your kids are arguing with the courts over when they can sell your house. That's not something you want to leave as a legacy to your kids. Um, and you're right. I've seen otherwise great people do uh, some pretty awful things over money at death. I've seen, uh, uh, and I hate to laugh about it, but I, you know, I've seen people fight over some crazy stuff. Uh, so what's you know, the craziest? Now you got to tell us what is the oh, oddest I mean, thing? Usually, boys fight over guns and cars, uh, and uh, girls girls tend to fight over uh, ring jewelry rings uh, in particular, and it a lot of times the the heirlooms, meaning like you know uh, grandma's plate set or something like that. But I've seen some pretty crazy ones. I've seen people, uh, I saw one where somebody fought over a front door. Um, and I know that sounds just 
crazy. To, but you have to send uh, us a picture of this front door. <laughs> yeah, the, the dad, I guess, was into woodworking, and he spent all this time building this front door. And and the one son uh, helped him build the front door, and he wanted to take the front door. And uh, the other children were, said, "This is ridiculous. We're not going to spend you know X amount of dollars to replace the front door just so you can take the front door." And this fight went on for a long time. I mean, they they fought over this front door forever. And all, all that would have had to have been done to solve that is a conversation. Again, communication is everything. Uh, and sometimes, you know, my job is uh, almost as counselor to try and facilitate that communication. Um, but all that would have had to have been done is it line itemed out and either a trust or a will that this is where I want the front door to go. Conversation over. Well, and but I just it never was. I assume that people just think, well, this is no big deal. The, the dad that made the door probably thought, oh, no big deal. Who's going to want it? So don't uh, assume that that your kids don't want anything it's got to be even the most mundane small insignificant thing that you think is insignificant may be the catalyst for a huge headache for the kids in the future absolutely i'll give you a perfect example and this is a very personal example personal example for me um my father passed away i think i mentioned this at 13 when i was 13 years old and uh you know when you're young uh you don't really know what to keep right and my dad was not a possession type guy so i got his wedding ring and uh, a tie clip. And that's pretty much all that I kept. Um, that's still all that I have. I mean, that's, you might think a tie clip isn't that valuable, but I would probably pay you $10,000 for that tie clip. Um, so you never know. Now, it just so happens I didn't fight over the tie clip. The tie clip was mine, but you're going to have to rip it from my, my fingers to try and get that tie clip away from me now. You don't know when you're in the grieving process, when people are, are going through that, you know, it's a, it's a horrific time. Uh, you don't know where they're going to cling to to kind of give them some sort of sense of solidarity or comfort, and it might be the tie clip. And now all of a sudden you have three brothers fighting over a tie clip. Just communicate, line item it out beforehand. But like you said in the beginning, it's a very uncomfortable conversation that most people don't want to have. And uh, I think that uh, you know a professional, whether that's an attorney or an accountant or myself, can help that process. I like the idea of the fat holding family forums in which the parents and siblings are upfront about their wishes. The siblings are the children, you know, outline what they would like to have. You know, this is becoming more on the forefront of uh, regulation, too. Um, you know, as an investment advisor, we have to abide by a certain deal, a certain, you know, set of rules and regulations. And I would say the most radically changing set of rules is definitely the elder side of things. And what I mean by that is it's kind of lumping it all together, but it's how do we handle these types of scenarios? How do we address, how do we start the conversation? It's part of my job now to make sure that I figure out a way to ask the right questions to start the conversation. It's actually part of our process and our paperwork to require a trusted contact. If I'm ever meeting with a client and I, I just sense that, you know, maybe uh, we're just slipping a little bit. Maybe we're not as sharp as we once were. Or maybe we're just not, the uptick of this information doesn't seem to be resonating as much. Um, I require that all of my clients at least are aware that I would like them to give me the name of somebody that I can call just to have that conversation with. And that's part of the family forum, right? So we'll bring everybody in if they're up for it and say, let's, let's hash all this out. What do you want me to share? What don't you want me to share with your kids? Because a lot of people don't want their kids to know how much money they have. They just want to start the conversation, should something happen to me, you know, what's important to you guys? What would you like? And, and you'll be surprised how shocked some of the parents are at the answers. 
you know, a lot of parents uh, have come in saying, you know, my kids are going to be, they're going to want this, this, and this. And the kids, in fact, just say, I would love nothing more than you to spend every last nickel that you have, take pictures of it so I can hang it on my wall. You just never know what the answer is going to be. And I think, you know, this open forum concept really facilitates that process. To learn strategies to manage risk and to schedule your own personalized planning session, give Josh's office a call. The number is 614-364-7300, 614-364-7300. And you can also hear Josh every Monday afternoon at 6 p.m. with Bruce Hooley on 98.9 The Answer for Money Mondays. And if you miss Josh's visit with Bruce, you can always listen to the podcast at aptuswealth.com. In terms of probate, how expensive can that get in terms of taxes? That's a good question. You know, the percentage is not that significant, uh, but remember, it, it can be a pretty complicated process. A lot of people, when they go through the probate process, hire an attorney. So now, while the process as a percentage might not be that significant, uh, the cost of the attorney helping you through the process can be really significant. Um, and the bills start racking up quickly. And it depends on how much you send through, when in reality, if you've done the proper planning, very, very few items that you have should go through probate. Your house should be set up to avoid probate. Your checking account should be set up to avoid probate. All of your retirement accounts should be set up to avoid probate. Literally, the only things that should go through probate at the end of the day are probably your car and your clothes. Everything else should be able to dance around probate. So the cost should be very, very little because it is a percentage. However, if you have all of your stuff just set up to go to your estate and you don't have beneficiaries lined up and you don't have the proper planning in place, well, then that's a different story. Now we're talking about, albeit a small percentage, a small percentage on a really large dollar amount can turn into a pretty significant percentage. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It does. So do it now rather than later because it'll be cost effective to spend the money in the planning phase to get it organized versus having the beneficiaries have to pay for that. Once it's already occurred. Once it's already occurred. Yeah, that's the case with everything, right? I mean, you cannot change the oil in your car and, you know, it's cheaper in the short run and it's, you know, you don't have to make that trip to get your oil changed, but eventually that engine frying is a pretty expensive uh, process. It would have been much less expensive to just change your oil. Same thing here. You know, when you buy insurance to protect your family, the younger you are, the healthier you are, the less it costs. When you reach a point where you go, well, now it'd be pretty cool to have. But now I'm, I, I want it because I've been diagnosed with something. I'm older. Well, now it, it's either too expensive or maybe not even feasible. So proper planning is always the appropriate, the appropriate action. Always. There's, there's, and, and remember, this planning process is not that expensive. It doesn't cost anything. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to people and, and we'll go through you know, where they are and I'll tell them if I can help them or if I can't for free. So th there's no excuse to start other than just not wanting to have the discussion at all and being unwilling to try and make changes in your life. To learn strategies to manage risk and to schedule your own personalized planning session, give Josh's office a call. The number is 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. You can hear Josh every Monday afternoon at 6 with Bruce Hooley on 98.9 The Answer for Money Mondays. If you miss his visit with Bruce, you can always listen to the podcast at aptuswealth.com. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint radio show with host Josh Pick. Josh helps guide his clients through retirement by managing risk instead of chasing returns. He calls it a blueprint, and you can get started at no cost or obligation. 
Give the team at Aptus Wealth a call today to schedule your consultation at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300 or online at aptuswealth.com. That's A-P-T-U-S wealth.com. To learn strategies to manage risk in the new economy, join us again next weekend right here at 98.9 The Answer. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company.